0: Welcome to We Are ACHE of Massachusetts, a podcast series produced by the Massachusetts Chapter of the American College of Healthcare Executives. This series features educational and inspiring conversations with leading game changers in the healthcare field, offering insight into the challenges of healthcare professionals in the 21st century. Now, here's your host, Jordan Rich.
1: Welcome. Today's podcast is focusing on what the F-A-C-H-E credential is all about. F-A-C-H-E stands for a fellow in the American College of Healthcare Executives. It's the premier credential that builds mastery around a core body of knowledge needed for effective healthcare management, preparing you to adapt in uncertainty, anchoring you for solid decision-making, and helping you earn your place among the best of the best in healthcare leadership. We're very lucky to have two fellows with us, and they are the best of the best. Jack Bailey is Senior Vice President of Clinical Services at UMass Memorial Medical Center in Worcester, and Kate Fitzpatrick is also a fellow. She is GE Healthcare Strategic Relationship Lead. Jack got his FACHE credential many years ago, and Kate just received hers last month. Both Jack and Kate volunteer on the ACHE of Massachusetts Program Committee, and Jack is also involved with the Membership Committee. Starting with you, Kate, your feelings on being an F-A-C-H-E.
2: Thank you very much. Yes, I just obtained my fellowship certification and board certification, part of the American College of Healthcare Executives, in August. From my perspective, it was a a tremendous change and challenge and way to differentiate myself. Um, Having been out of business school for about 20 years now, I look at it as a little bit of a different approach. So what I would like to tell folks is that, you know, as you look at your career, there's always opportunities to enhance your skill set, change the direction that you want to go in and achieve different milestones.
1: Jack, you're more of a veteran here. You've had this fellowship now for several years. Tell us about your story.
3: Yes. um, Well, I actually joined ACHE as a grad student when I was at Rush University. And I believe i joined in either 2003 or 2004 into the college Um, For me, I anticipated getting my board certification credential from the beginning, and a lot of that stems from my earliest uh, experience as a clinician where I was certified, uh, board certified as an athletic trainer. So for me, I in some way thought it was just the expectation that in healthcare people get board certified. That was the thing you do. So when I left the clinical world and I joined the management world, it just sort of was in my mind as an expectation. So for that, from that standpoint, it was a carryover. Um, but I also remember going to Congress as a grad student when I was in Chicago, and I think that also helped expose me to. Um, just seeing how beneficial it was and validated for me this much larger community of professionals that was out there and had that to their benefit.
1: Tell us again about how it's affected you, Jack.
3: I think for me, it's, um, I view it like other board certification credentials that I've seen with clinicians. It's an outward indication of someone's commitment. It's validation to others of the work that you've done. Uh, It's also, it it distinguishes you and allows you to be identified as a, a, a particular type of professional with others. And it's an objective mark um, when if you're only being introduced by some uh, to somebody on paper, at, like through a resume, for example, they instantly know kind of that you identify with that professional association and that you've done a certain amount of work to get there. Um, so I think for me, uh, it's been that outward indication. Also, professionally, it's opened up relationships with people I never would have met otherwise. And ACHE really is truly not just an education college for education, but for networking, professional networking opportunities. So, and truly that's what it's been for me. It's a prerequisite to be more involved in your local chapter and to also ACHE nationally. So uh, from my uh, own experience, the timeline was that I became board certified, got the fellow credential. A few years later, um, I was asked by a then serving regent of our local chapter, if I wouldn't consider possibly running for regent and that would have only been possible because I was already a fellow. And then through that process, it just one thing led to another. And so I've I've gone to conferences, I've met people, and I've um, been able to network with people that I otherwise never would have met had I not been board certified.
1: Now the question turns to you, Kate, being a newly certified uh, fellow. How has that impacted your day to day? How has it worked for you?
2: It's had a tremendous impact. Having been a member of ACHE for about 10 years before getting my fellowship really was understanding and the support from the local chapter, the support from the national chapter that really allowed me to progress um, in the last few years to fellow. And since I've obtained the fellow, you know, from an impact to my career and kind of how I look is obviously you have that designation, that distinction that Jack spoke about that's very clear to folks. And it reminds me of, you know, before I became a fellow, while I was, you know, really looking to to do it and to become a fellow when I would see it with people that I met as a consultant as their designation or as I met them, I always knew that it was something special. So I always wanted to be part of that, you know, that group, that elite group. Um, So really since becoming a fellow, since it's been such a short time, believe it or not, I've had tremendous input and excitement from my fellow GE Healthcare colleagues who are very interested in the organization. Um, They may not have worked specifically in delivery systems, but they have all of the other attributes and experience, graduate degrees So I've had a number of mid and younger professionals reach out to me internally within GE Healthcare, which is terrific. I think it's bringing the fellowship on a more national level. And I think it's great for GE Healthcare. And I think personally, I think it allows folks, you know, who are looking at me and looking at the group that I lead within GE Healthcare and thinking about us in a little bit different way that we're not just equipment salespeople. We're truly, you know, folks with backgrounds in healthcare delivery systems, tremendous experience and commitment to healthcare to deliver those strategic outcomes.
1: I'll ask this of both of you, your take on what it took to get here, because it's not simply an honorary title. This is something that requires study, hard work, and dedication, but a as you say, it does pay off.
2: Yes, it does. And my road is, uh, it's a little interesting story. Um, having as I said had been a member for about 10 years, I have wanted to become a fellow for a number of years. And for a few years, probably about seven years, I did just independent consulting. I kind of owned and operated my own consulting group. And I worked with a lot of C-suite executives nationwide on, you know, specific initiatives and I applied to see if I could become a fellow and take the test then, and they declined that. That was about four or five years ago, and I said, well, I'm going to have to start changing my career outlook um, if I want to become a fellow. So when I was discussing options with GE Healthcare and kind of partnering with them, I knew that the decision to go to GE Healthcare would also help me in my journey to to becoming a fellow.
1: Jack, what about you? The process for you, where were you in life and how did it impact where you were career-wise?
3: As I recall back then, the standards were you had to have five years of management experience. So I was in that early career stage and I knew I needed to obtain the credits. So I continued a pattern that I had started in grad school. I kept attending Congress at least, well, each year to get at least the 12 credits of face-to-face time that I needed. And I continued to take whatever credits I would need for that fellowship achievement. Um, and then I sat for the exam and the way I studied for the exam was I went to an on-site training program, which was about two days, I believe on-site in Chicago, um, because I also needed the face-to-face credits. So that was helpful. Then I unfortunately, um, delayed my time to take the exam. So I took, I went to the conference, I think it were the training session in the spring. And I sat for the exam finally in the fall. Um, But I had the benefit of uh, binders of information that I brought, and so I studied for it. And uh, I think for me, because I was fairly early in my career, it just felt like another test that I was preparing for kind of, you know, five years post-grad experience. Um, And it wasn't as much of a study burden. Um, A lot of the content was fresh in that sense. Um, And I remember also the test-taking strategy of learning, you know, you, you, you go to... Um, A standardized testing location, much like taking the GRE, and that's what it felt like for me. Um, And so I think it was just a process of making sure I went to the uh, conferences, got the credits that I needed, and then refreshed my knowledge with the studying that I was able to take advantage of. What advice do you have,
1: Kate, for those considering it? Maybe they're hearing about this through this podcast and are thinking, this might be for me.
2: I think a lot of young professionals definitely hear about it through the chapters. I think there's a lot of affiliations with graduate schools and undergraduate programs to really start bringing in those new members. I know Massachusetts has a very strong new member program. So I think that's a wonderful gateway in or pathway into understanding the fellowship, understanding the requirements so you can kind of set up maybe your five-year career path or professional plan accordingly. Um, I also think that just by, you know, somebody like myself who, you know, has been in consulting for many years, really just becoming involved in the chapter, attending the events, and really realizing that there is a fellowship and I don't mean fellowship is in the fellow that you get the test, but it's the fellowship of the the shared interest and shared passion for improving healthcare that is out there. And it is really through the ACHe, especially for management folks, that you learn a lot and you meet these people, and they become very inspiring. And then they also become really big cheerleaders as you pro- uh, as you go for your fellowship. I am astounded at how much support I got from the local chapter, just with quick tips on studying. You know, here's what worked. For for me, um, you know, if I had questions on, um, you know, what what other training did you need or get, every, there were just so many people who would return a phone call, return an email within literally a day. It was really uh, tremendous.
1: We seem to hear that a lot uh, about the camaraderie and the sense of unity among chapter members
3: and the folks who are very much in your camp. Was that the same experience you had, Jack? It Very much was. Um, I, I think in that sense, uh, you know, the name college could probably be extended also socially. Um, because that is truly been my experience. I've actually been a member of other professional organizations. ACHE is the one that I've been a member of since I was in graduate school. It's been the one group that I've remained a member of ever since. Um, And I won't mention the others, but I've fallen away out of membership with at least two or probably three other organizations. And it's not necessarily because they uh, weren't Meeting the needs, but it was what I found in ACHE. It was broad based. It wasn't necessarily specialized. And the camaraderie, the networking, and the education I've always found to be very valuable. Um, As it relates to the board certification credential, um, same thing, Um, especially when I got more involved as a regent. um, There was a much tighter, uh, well, much broader community, but a very tight relationship that you build with people who are going through the same experience. Of course, all the other regents are fellows, but then You don't have to be a regent, but ACHE offers fellows uniquely different educational opportunities throughout the year. Sometimes there's preview courses you can take. Um, You can get a discount sometimes for on-site education um, that other members don't get um, offered to them. The ethic of giving back, um, ACHE really promotes that and gives you a chance to give back um, to the broader college um, once you're a fellow. Um, and there's other networking events. Um, chapters sometimes organize specialized networking events just for fellows, as a way to give them a chance to maybe get access to something that others don't get access to, uh, which is always nice. But also, as I went through my experience, um, part of the process is networking with other fellows. They they kind of make you do that, so you have to get uh, different references, and so you reach out to people. And sometimes you don't know who those individuals are, and it's simply that the fact that they're either well, in this case, a fellow, but sometimes just the fact that they're an ACHE member. I remember myself when I relocated here from Chicago, when was that? A long time ago. Mm-hmm. I simply just used the ACHE network. I reached out to people because I saw them in the membership directory. Um, and it, it made the cold, cold calling aspect much easier. Um, and I've never been turned down by somebody. Uh, if I was either on the basis of them being a member or certainly I'm pursuing my fellowship, could I find some time? Could I talk with you about the process? As Kate said, I've found people to be very responsive, very helpful, give me what I would have thought was just an un- unbelievable amount of time knowing that they're busy. And I've had the same occur to me. People have reached out. And just that knowing that they they have a mutual interest in something and they want to pursue their fellowship, um, you almost feel drawn to like, mm-hmm. oh, I definitely want to help them because I know what it's like and I it's just it's what it's about. And my advice um, to people is to just do it don't overthink it. Um, and I've heard from so many people, um, both when I went through my own process, uh, and then the, um, the few training courses that we've been able to host as a chapter, the people who have gone through the process, um, many times say, I can't believe I waited so long. This is, you know, it was much easier than I thought, or, um, I wish I had done this sooner. It's been so great. Um, and so just from that basis alone, I think just do it really applies. Um, There's really never a more perfect time. People sometimes wait until they have more time or they get through their current season of life. And sometimes that's necessary, but a lot of times I think it's just, you can do it, just squeeze it in.
2: That's a really terrific point. Um, having just taken the exam and, the, exa- you know, taking an exam after 20 years after business school, it's a very different way to take the exam. So the preparation for it, um, they have a lot of online tools, both from classes, prior exam to kind of get a sense of what they're going for. They have flashcards to look at. And, you know, having been in the healthcare world for about 25 years now, a lot of it was refreshed, but a lot of it I felt like I luckily knew. I know, Jack, you had just come out of graduate school, so it was all fresh in your mind. Fine, but even from a seasoned um, you know healthcare you know executive it it was fresh in my mind because i've you know worked in different areas of that throughout the years um, at hospitals and you know different capacities um, but the exam is definitely far less intimidating once you sit down to do it it is a long time but the it, it's very easy to prepare for and i think uh, to jack's point maybe i kind of overthought that and in <laughs> hindsight i got it maybe sad a little bit earlier like about six or eight months earlier so don't don't let the uh, you know potential you know four to six hour exam scare you away. It's it's very reasonable.
1: People in healthcare management, this is a honor and and a privilege to serve. And it also reflects this fellowship reflects the fact that people take a lot of pride in the work they do. And and I'll go to Jack in a minute, but you we're beaming when you were talking about the work you're doing with GE and, and elsewhere and and how impactful, I keep using that word, it is.
2: Yes. Um, my career has been really focused in healthcare, but in a, in, in a different way or a different vein, where I've done a lot of management consulting, traveled and worked with hospital systems across the nation, um, brought some best practices back. And um, I think coming into it in that light, it is still a passion to always want to improve the healthcare system, whether you're an external consultant, coming in to help the hospital system with whatever problems or strategic needs that they have and also now from GE healthcare as somebody who's viewed as a vendor of equipment how can we as an organization and I bring this back to my group how can we really shape and form healthcare in a much more um you know proactive way to reduce costs you know you know a lot of what i do is try to partner with you know strategic relationships and we take on risk and we have skin in the game so that we're not just selling assets. Um, We're really, truly partnering to look at, you know, better outcomes, reduce costs. Um, So it's really been phenomenal for me.
1: And Jack, it takes talent in the OR, but it also takes a lot of talent in the office suites to make these hospitals function and to help our healthcare system. And this is one example, isn't it?
3: It is. And I think, um, as we said before, having that credential behind your name, it really does mean uh, it, it's an objective view of what you've gone through educationally and even socially, I believe. Um, obviously, experience on the job <clears throat> doesn't really, uh, it, it's a different um, type of preparation, but the board certification preparation at least gives a baseline and it exposes you to the topics that you would need to know if you're going to manage a healthcare system or be involved in, board, in, in healthcare management. And it also um, keeps you current. Uh, cause you have to maintain your certification once you obtain it. Um, so I, just like we try to pick our physicians based on, if you find two physicians, one of which is board certified and the other isn't, you're more than yeah. likely going to choose the one who's board certified if that's your only objective measure to go on, um, and I think the same is true when you're looking at healthcare professionals in the management sphere.
1: Let me ask one question additionally of you before we get to our closing question, which is a standard close. Jack, you're on the membership committee committee for ACHe. Would you like to uh, extend uh, an invitation to people to check it out?
3: I would definitely extend an invitation to check out ACHe to become a member. And if you're interested in volunteering, we have a few different committees, um, and we also have other ways to volunteer that don't require. Uh, what may sound like a a burden of time on a committee. Um, There's ACHE as a volunteer organization. And that's been the case throughout my career is that those who put in the time to do that extra level of networking and educating themselves um, go further and they get more out of their careers that way. And joining the committee is a great way to get to know other people and and, and give back in a way.
1: All right. Let me ask this question of both of you. And I'll start with you, Kate. We close each and every one of our podcasts with this, and we get some really interesting answers. What is your greatest hope for new technologies that'll have the greatest impact in say five years? to improve the ongoing development of healthcare professionals. It's a mouthful, but I think you can handle it, Kate.
2: Hopefully I can. So I think these podcasts are a great direction. Uh, they allow folks to get together quickly, uh, share information, and uh, push that information out to a larger audience using the web. Um, internally, at my organization, we use very similar podcast things for uh, training purposes so we don't have to bring folks to training classes we will create the equivalent of a podcast for our new hires any specific area that we would like folks to have or develop a little bit more expertise in so we'll do like a revenue cycle we'll do patient flow we'll do networking and credentialing so I think uh, leveraging really um, f- uh, fast turnaround and easy access and easy ability to promote technologies help a lot um, I was also going back to uh, to some some. some of the work um, that ACHE is doing to really allow folks to, again, leverage technology for more face-to-face interactions and conferences. I know right now it's really from uh, the perspective of folks that are not maybe in a geographic area that's conducive to getting together more frequently. Um, But also, you know, what I've learned at at my job is that um, it's much more efficient to really leverage things like Skype and we- WebEx and Slido to bring people together. And I've held meetings with you know full leadership teams of ninety people um, for a good part of a day via Skype, and it's it's worked quite well if you put the preparation in. Corporate perspective, you can save on the travel, and from a membership perspective, you can save on travel. Some of my uh, training that I took to get my credits, you know, I was able to use my my points from all of my work travel to stay at the hotel and fund all of that. So maybe younger folks won't have to encounter those extra expenses if we can leverage more of that technology.
1: Thank you for that answer. Jack, I'll pose the same question to you.
3: Um, I would echo what Kate just mentioned. I think we're finding also as the membership um, changes in terms of generations, um, people don't necessarily, I don't know if it's a want or it's just a a function of cost, but the the need to have to travel to go get education, I think, is starting to fall out of favor with some or it's just not going to fit in people's budgets. I think that's another reality. Um, I think ACHE does a great job and has done a great job modernizing their offerings. What, they, what you can get today uh, is so much more diverse than what you had access to 10 years ago um, through ACHE. So I think that's been great. They've been very flexible working with chapters every year. Um, there's innovation programs that they incentivize chapters to come up with new ways of providing education, and we've actually taken advantage of some of those innovation grants. Um, but I do think uh, I would agree with Kate's mention about technology, especially today with video streaming. I forget how many chapters we have nationwide. There's um, a few dozen. Um, and chapters like ours have their own cycle for education events. <clears throat> and I think to the extent that people could be notified that there's a, a marquee speaker uh, if you will, who might be speaking at a chapter or doing a, uh, hosting an education event, if that could be live-streamed and some type of credit could be given for those who are interested, um, I think uh, that would be a great benefit for chapter members. Um, I think Massachusetts does a great job uh, and is, has been noted nationally of the types and the quality of programs we offer, and some of that is geographic because we have such a concentration of great speakers here in the, in the Boston and the uh, Massachusetts and New England area. So I think um, but there's other groups and other chapters who have access to great speakers. So sometimes we'd love to, first of all, know that there's an education event happening that we'd be interested in hearing from somebody. Um, And if we could also gain access and credit for logging in and participating and seeing it, the trick would be making sure it's technologically available. You do, like Kate said, you have to prepare well for those types of interactions, Um, but it's totally possible. And I think that Part of that is going to be the future of how some of this education is delivered.
1: I want to thank you both and congratulate you both on your fellowships and on your leadership. Thank you uh, very, very much for doing the podcast.
2: Thank you for hosting us and coordinating all of this and making time in your schedule. Same with Jack. I know you're very, very busy out here. Um, And I can't emphasize enough uh, not to overthink becoming a fellow. Um, It is not as difficult as you may think it is. So reach out to anybody in your local chapter, and I'm sure they'll echo that sentiment.
3: Uh, I would echo the same. Thanks uh, for being available. And hosting us, Jordan, um, and also just giving us a chance to give some uh, extra insight into the fellow, uh, what what it involves to become a fellow, and what it takes, and what it might be like, and for anyone who is considering it, again, just do it. And I look forward to hearing future podcasts that we might publish.
0: If you're looking to grow your career, then consider joining other leaders in healthcare and becoming an American College of Healthcare Executives member. There are many benefits to joining the Massachusetts chapter of ACHE. You'll be among the leaders in healthcare, gaining knowledge and skill sets that will help you grow professionally and excel at your job. You'll enjoy greater satisfaction and the potential to enhance your career. And you'll be giving back to your profession in positive and inspiring ways. As a member of ACHE, you'll join more than 48,000 healthcare leaders from across the United States and the world who are dedicated to improving healthcare and advancing the profession of healthcare management. Visit ACHE.org slash membership. That's ACHE.org slash membership.